1: What else should someone know about this world right now? What else is like important information? I feel like it's so, again, this is one of those black boxes that's out there. Everyone like here the hear, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, unless you're in it. It's so complicated to try to understand what is going on.
0: So, um, in, mostly, as I see, it's my personal opinion, not l- legal advice or something. Um, As I see, uh, the only uh, reasonable usage of cryptocurrencies at the moment is uh, to to manage the uh, huge cross-border commodity trade uh, deals, money transfers and so on. So uh, if you are a cross-border commodity trader, like you're buying and selling coffee beans or oil and gas, grain, whatever. Um, there, it's a headache uh, to send a SWIFT payment if you're not in US or, or in the Europe or in the Japan because um, the fees, uh, the interbank fees are huge. For instance, uh, to send money from Côte d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast to Paris is about 13%.
1: Wow! Uh,
0: Ouch! Yeah,
1: that's more than yeah. most places charge in tax. Even like in LA, where I am, that's more than tax.
0: Yeah. That's awful. Uh, or from Nigeria to China is about seven or eight percent. Wow. Uh, and some types uh, of transfers from Brazil to out uh, to the outside countries uh, can cost you up to twenty to zero percent fee just to transfer money legally i mean uh, you're not it's not about trading drugs or selling people's organs or something it's about legal trading yeah yeah, this is legal commodities yeah Uh, because of the double currency conversion through the us dollar because of the volatility of the currencies because of the swift is going too uh, slow and all that stuff um that's why Uh, some types of cryptocurrencies we call them a stable coins Uh, I mean they have a stable value over time Uh, they are very useful uh, to um, put them uh, and to use them in the huge cross-border transactions because Bitcoin is not so comfortable for the big cross-border transactions because you can send the 10 million dollar worth of Bitcoin in the morning and uh, maybe you will receive $9 million worth amount in the evening at the other side. <laughs> that's not comfortable.
1: No, that's, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Million million <laughs> billion dollars is a lot of money. So what, what are the stable currencies? Which are the ones that are stable that people can use for something like this?
0: Uh, and one of our team members have recently been to the London conference about the stable coins and it was about uh, eight dozen of projects uh, regarding the stable coins but the, most of them have no product but uh, there are some uh, working like USDT which is tied to US dollar and uh, there is one tied to the IMF XDR which is a stable index from the multi currencies etc there are some euro coins blah, blah, blah. So there are a lot of them and mostly they are a depository receipt uh, from some legal entity. Like JP Morgan recently have issued their own coin, which is backed by the JP Morgan's assets. Uh, So it it just, it's like a digital receipt that you have the drawing right uh, for $1 from the JP Morgan assets. That's that, that's so simple. This, uh, But it's very easy to transfer. It's like a travel check, like American right, Express I'm hearing travel that. check.
1: But you know what? I feel like that bothers me. You know why? Because everything that I've been hearing about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, it's the decentralization. It's the people taking back currency. And it sounds like all it is is a farce because it's the governments and the banks who have the only ability to make it actually usable.
0: Uh, you know, uh, I think... Uh, it just recently came to my head. Um, imagine the a medieval time when the people are uh, trying to cure the flu with the blood, uh, the cutout blood <laughs> <laughs> from the veins, or people are trying to burn other people uh, because uh, the earth is not flat and, and all that stuff, and you are just appearing in the medieval times uh, from the future. With an iPhone in your hand, they're like, look, guys, an iPhone. Yeah, you're dead. And they look, like, <laughs> yeah, and they will burn you, burn you with those witches who try to say that Earth is uh, not uh, flat. Uh, so I think uh, we have the same now in the blockchain market. So we are trying to go to the medieval and say, look, guys, there's a decentralization. They're like, what? uh should we have to burn you now or tomorrow uh (laughs) so people people are not ready for this it's it's a very hard to explain to the people i have spent uh, more than a year in russian parliament uh we have created a special chamber and we have finally uh, passed uh, the approval for the new law of the wow. cryptocurrencies for the digital rights we have created along with a huge team but it takes a dozens of meetings uh, with the government officials uh, when we were trying to explain them uh, on a very basic level about what's going on and uh, why it is not scary Uh, why it could be beneficial for the people or for the government itself and all that stuff. So um, it's very hard to explain. And people basically don't care about the decentralization mostly at the moment. So the only guys who do care are those guys who are having some issues with the cross-border transfers for the business because they do now suffer from the uh, existing centralized Mm -hmm. solutions. Because they could be banned, there are sanctions and trading wars and and all of those limitations. Uh, um, That's why uh, this decentralization stuff is mostly interesting for the huge uh, commodity dealers and traders or uh, investors.
1: Got it. Okay, that makes sense. And everyone else is kind of just playing around. It's more of a hobby.
0: Yeah. So right now, it's a huge lab.
1: Right. Everyone's just kind of trying to figure it out. Okay, cool. So a little bit more into your actual business. So it's a software. It does peer-to-peer lending. You make your money where? On a percentage of it or on the fact that it creates coin? Like where do you actually make money from this entity?
0: Uh, oh, it, we are making money uh, from the fees. Uh, so we charge fees for uh, from the borrower and from the investor. Uh, but now we have a promo so we don't charge the fees just to attract more uh, users to the platform Uh, and yes in perspective we will charge fees plus uh, we will be able to um, to have an access to the huge pool of investors and if we uh, will have our own projects to fund uh, we will be able to list them uh, on this platform and also we'll gain some Funds raised without banks, uh, that will be very comfortable. Oh, that's cool.
1: Okay, so then, if you're not currently charging the fees, where is your like? You still need money to run the business. You've got programmers. You've got, I'm sure, customer service reps. Like, where was it? Investors? Are you running it more startup style? Like, there's money in here somewhere. Where is it?
0: <laughs> so we have, uh, as I uh, already, as we've already discussed, uh, uh, Karma team have raised. Uh, 10 million dollars uh, in 2017, and uh, now we are using this budget to uh, start up. Uh, we have delivered the software, we have uh, delivered the legal frameworks, uh, and also we have uh, involved. We have started involving users, and we have started to uh, track in the funnel. Of uh, the marketing channels uh, and all that stuff, and now we are uh, searching for the uh, uh, new investment round uh, to continue. Because, as you know, for instance, Amazon and Facebook and Google and all of those huge corporations, Tesla, uh, they have been not profitable for uh, uh, for a few years. Uh, because when you even have some profit. Uh, You should have to choose, like, uh, will we uh, burn it for the dividends? Or uh, should we reinvest uh, this into expanding uh, our uh, software or our project uh, uh, into the new markets? And uh, mostly it's more interesting to expand uh, the project and uh, to grow it faster. And uh, the investors are ready to wait for a year more, but they will gain a lot of more profits uh, after this year.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So that's total startup style. Um, I always try to explain to people small business and startups, are, are they play a different game. right? So in small business, all the money that you get goes in your pocket. In startup, you get money in order to scale up to be worth more money. So yep. I don't need the business to earn money because people pay me just to run the thing for the potential that it will earn money. Yep. So that's what it is. Okay. I love it. So tell me a current struggle because I think so many people who are listening and, and there's some people around the world who dream of this, right? A $10 million investment that they can then sit and, and build and not have to worry about making sure it's profitable and just build the thing that they want to bring to the world. What's Actually, no, I'm going to ask the question. I know everyone's thinking, how did you do the investment rounds? Before I ask you the current struggle, how did you do that? I think a lot of people want to know.
0: How uh, did we, how have we done that $10 million round?
1: Yeah. What What was it? Yeah. Like, where did it come from? What did you do in order to get oh, it?
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh, we think uh, that we have just won a lottery
1: <laughs> because
0: uh i'm just uh trying to be how to say uh clear uh because we don't think that it's 100 percent our um our efforts that led uh to this fundraiser uh okay. no we and um, one of my core feelings and uh, the goals i have uh constantly repeating to the team uh, was very uh, simple. Look guys, I feel that there is a huge wave of this crypto hype, and I feel that this wave uh, will stop in 2018. I don't know why, but I feel that uh, the length of the wave should be one year maximum. So our goal is to do whatever it takes but to finish the fundraising before the New Year's Eve of 2018, uh, that's uh, that's it. So I just felt that there's a huge wave and everything is raising money, no matter how do you package this, no matter how much mistakes uh, you are making, etc. So our fundraiser has been finished in the middle of uh, December, 2017. So we have squeezed on the last wagon of the train. So we were just like, no, please.
1: <laughs> You're <laughs> <No, know>, like, slipping <laughs> in just about yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. We were squeezing in the last window uh, of this wagon. Uh, and uh, I felt that uh, very clearly. And uh, you know what, from January and 2018 all the crypto uh, become you know, falling down uh, and uh, it's still uh, on the bottom uh, and uh, that's it. So uh, my, uh, the, uh, to wrap it up, uh, my advice is to feel the huge waves and uh, because if we were um, trying to make all uh, that we have made without a huge wave, uh, I think 90% that we haven't uh, succeed in this game. Uh, okay, so and the
1: timing was so important. You came in at the peak of the wave when everyone's like, cryptocurrency, you're like, hey, look here, I got this thing, cryptocurrency. was like, here, <laughs> money, 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 money. And then like yeah. one month later, it would have been like, no.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I I believe uh, that uh, every year or every couple of years, there is some wave in the world or in your region. It was a tulip um, wave uh, back in the medieval. Uh, It was a dot-com bubble, then it was the big data, uh, uh, now it's blockchain. Something interesting will be the next year.
1: Yeah, I want to know what's next.
0: you just have to meditate and feel the wave and that's what i do every day
1: fair tap tap into that which is bigger in the world i hear that i like that
0: yeah because it helps you a lot and this uh it allows you to make mistakes and it forgives you uh for uh, no matter how much mistakes uh, (laughs) you will make
1: totally totally no, I, I agree with that. Um, that that definitely ties into my world philosophy, God philosophy, spiritual philosophy, 100%. So, so where the business is at now, what would be a current struggle? Like what are you currently dealing with? You did your round, it's running, it's growing. You don't even have to charge fees. You just get to build this thing. What are you currently dealing with in the business? Uh, you know,
0: the most, uh, the hardest struggle is uh, we call it a glass ceiling. Um, I mean, I'm if female.
1: I, I know all about glass ceilings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I have the... No, I don't have a glass ceiling here. Uh, <laughs> thank God. Uh, so um, what does it mean? Uh, it's a common term for uh, the, the invisible... Uh, ceiling, um, the invisible wall of uh, the access to the mass media, to the PR, um, uh, like to the PR facilities. For for instance, uh, Amazon, Google, Elon Musk, uh, and all of those fancy guys, they have bought uh, some media, or they have a huge influence on them. And even if Elon Musk is just thinking about doing something. And he's just tweeting out. Uh, everybody is around, like, oh, uh, Tesla is now going to do this or that. And in the in the people's mind, it uh, turns uh, to be like uh, Tesla has already done, has almost already done all of this, and they will launch this tomorrow or next week, and uh, uh, we're not going to do nothing uh, with it, and this market is already uh, taken by them, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, but when you're not uh, Mark and not Elon, uh, not Jeff Bezos, uh, it's very hard to reach out the mass media, uh, because uh, the uh, media outlets, are have to cut the expenditures because they don't have too much profits now and uh, they the journalists a, a, as a people they have very limited capacity of uh, 24 hours in a day uh, and uh, they have a huge inflow of the information and it's very hard for them to sort it out uh, and that's why they just sorted: it, okay it's tesla or amazon not trash bin etc cetera, etc cetera. so um, even if you are trying to pay money or if you're trying to find some friends or uh, mates uh, in the media it's still very very hard to reach out uh, to the people you have to do something very freaky or outstanding for, for instance uh, one of our successful PR campaigns uh, have been uh, based on uh, our lawsuit to the top ten crypto exchange. Oh, uh, yeah, that
1: definitely sounds PR worthy. I, that definitely yeah. gets people's yeah.
0: interest. <laughs> yeah, and the second one was uh, very scary for me. The second case was I was in Beijing, in China. And uh, I have been invited by some government officials and uh, during uh, that time, it was in the middle of uh, 2018, uh, the cryptocurrency was totally under the pressure in China. Uh, The government officials in China were slamming into the conferences about the cryptocurrencies and it was very hard. But in the middle of this time, I was in Beijing in the diplomatic official house. I was uh, performing the presentation about the cryptocurrency uh, for the government officials from Hong Kong, China, and, and Russia and other countries, and central bankers of China. Uh, they call it People's Bank. They are communists, uh, etc. cetera. And um, there was uh, some journalist from the uh, mass media uh, news uh, feed uh, it's like Reuters or Bloomberg but in Asia and uh, she have uh, asked me for a short interview and I have just provided of what's going on and uh, next night uh, suddenly uh, I have a lot of calls and text messages from my friends like Luke George you are on the front page of uh, hundreds of media outlets what's going on and I, I'm reading the article like uh, Russian Senator George Gugnin is telling <laughs> that China has legalized the cryptocurrency. What? <laughs> <laughs> I have never said nothing like this.
1: <laughs> oh
0: no! But, uh, it was just wait. You are know, you
1: a, are you a senator?
0: No, I just. Oh, uh, okay. So that
1: was also not true. Okay. <laughs> like, no. We never we never discussed that. <laughs> Oh my goodness!
0: Uh, I, I'm just a consultant to the Russian Parliament. I'm not a senator, not a government official. So gotcha. So they uh, confused <laughs> that. Oh my. So, gosh. Uh, it, it, so initial post was more or less close to what I've been said, but with each repost, have uh, distorted the information, and uh, through those reposts, I've turned out. To be a senator and I've turned out to be a guy that have legalized the cryptocurrencies in China but uh, I I was so scared I was just uh, I was ready to blow my head off uh, to the wall because uh, I I thought that I'm in the middle of Beijing and the cryptocurrencies are not legal at the moment and uh, the Beijing um, um, uh, government official could read those articles and uh, Think that they will just jail me at the moment. I was Forever, very scared. yeah,
1: you'll never <laughs> totally.
0: Yeah, I have been totally scared, but uh, thank God everything was okay. Um, and I have a really interesting chat with the central bankers of uh, China. They're very smart guys, and we have discussed a lot. And since then, they have significantly. Uh, made some progress in terms of legal uh, environment, developing the legal environment in China, the blockchain technologies. Uh, but uh, that that was the second case of uh, huge PR in mass media. But the, it it was very scary.
1: I definitely could hear that. I hear you. I'm saying, but PR is not. PR is strategic element of marketing, just like any other element, right? Like anything that you could do in marketing, PR is just another black box you have to open. Yeah. Yeah. That's really all it is. It's knowing, um, we've had actually on this show, um, I think episode six and we have her back for anniversary episodes, Ashley Crouch. So she specifically works with women. Otherwise I'd set you up with her totally. Um, but she really breaks down. I'll send you the link to the episode. Guys, all of you listening, if you didn't listen yet, listen to Ashley's episode on six and also the anniversary episode. I think it was anniversary episode two, breaking down PR. It's a very straightforward process, what it looks like, how to create a pitch, how to create a headline, how to get interest, how to get people to write about you. It's really a a strategic process. It's not just luck. PR is, people think PR is luck and your other ones were were luck, but it's something you can do just the same as guesting on podcasts. There are people Mm -hmm. who, who, but you have to be careful with PR because there are a lot of people who do it like it's still 1999 where, you know, they've got mass amounts of emails and they just blast out something to people and most of it gets completely ignored. So you just have to be careful who you bring in. I would tell you to learn it. I I have a feeling you could learn anything. (laughs) I'm really not worried. (laughs) I feel like you should just learn it, you won't even need to hire someone. Once you crack the code yourself, you could hire somebody just to, to execute it. Um, but it is something you can just execute. It involves finding the outlets you want to be in, figuring out the writers, learning their style, pitching them a headline that will appeal to them and their readership in the right way, certain type of follow-up, and that's it.
0: Because But anyway, <laughs> this headline should be newsworthy, uh, so you just have to create something. Uh, which will be very interesting to publish.
1: But you already did. That's what you have to understand. Okay, so here's something really cool about PR. You have to realize that they need you as much as you need them. And for any of you who are writing, who are listening to me, I'm not trying to be egotistical. I, I, I hold that all of business is an exchange of value for value. So a writer needs things to write about for their audience. They're always looking for a story. It's just a matter of how you package it. Marketing is all about the presentation right? It's how you package something. So like when I say to one of my kids, oh, oh, you want a good story? Here's a good story. Okay. This is PR. This is marketing all in a really easy chocolate cake. Okay. So when I, I'm married now for a long time, <laughs> 14 years, when I was first married and I didn't know how to cook at all. Now I'm quite a good cook, but I really didn't know. And I wanted to make this chocolate cake and I made it in one of these fancy, like have you ever seen a silicone bun pan. They make these like cool shapes, but they bake terribly. Okay. So I made it in one of these, like, it looked like a rose. And I go to serve the cake and it's mush inside. So I serve it for for a dinner party on Friday night. I'm I'm Jewish, so it was Sabbath. So we had guests on Friday night. We had a, a Friday night Shabbat dinner and I serve it. And I say, okay, you know, dessert is chocolate cake. And everyone kind of moves it around their plate. They take a bite, but it's like mushy kind of chocolate cake. Everyone's like, that's gross, nobody eats it. So Saturday lunch. Um Shabbat lunch. I'm like, listen, I'm a marketer, okay? I want to market this chocolate cake, right? So I serve, I call it chocolate pudding cake. Now, who's to decide that it's called chocolate cake? The person who wrote the recipe, I'm the one who cooked. Did I decide it's called chocolate pudding cake? I serve it. <laughs> half the people ask for seconds. Same cake. That's marketing. You already have the cake. You have it. Your peer-to-peer lending, the currency. There are so many different headlines you could have in here. You could pick out any of the elements of some of the businesses that have raised funding. You could talk about the new type of lending. These are all totally stories. It's just what you call it. It's finding the right person who's interested in chocolate pudding cake. They'd never eat chocolate cake, but it's just how you say it. I mean, they'd eat chocolate. Yep. It wasn't mushy, but that that's it. That's PR. That's all of marketing, really. PR is just one of the functions of marketing. Functions. One of the... Tools, not functions. One of the tools. Now you're good. Yep. <laughs> now you can go and do
0: PR. Until this time, uh, the only cases we have been succeeded in PR were occasional.
1: <laughs> but now you can go and do it strategically the same way you do anything else. PR yep. is this... again. So many people think that businesses is, is just you know potluck, right? Hopefully you get lucky. You show up. It's not. Mm-hmm. Again, even you're talking about riding the wave, it's not just luck. You're tapping into something. You're tapping into a wisdom greater than yours that's giving you information that, hey, this is going to end soon. Bust a move. Yeah, strategic. I call that strategy. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to see all these articles. You're going you're gonna to tell me, Esti, I did it and it totally worked. We're all <laughs> over the media now. It's unbelievable. I can't wait to hear about it. Um, okay. Okay, so George, all of the PR people listening and all the other people listening, if they want to find out about you and karma and coins and all this good stuff, where should they go to learn about you?
0: They can go to the karma.red, very simple, karma.red. And that's it, there's a lot of social media links, the blog, uh, and also they can Google uh, my name, I'm a public person uh, since 2008. So it's very easy to find a lot of my videos and articles uh, all over the internet.
1: Okay. Amazing. So guys, we'll put all those links at estirancom slash 60. Oh my gosh. This will be an easy <laughs> one to remember. 60 sdran.com slash 60. We'll put the link to karma.red, which is with a K. I searched it myself. Um, mm-hmm. And to George's social platforms. And so George, I always like to end. I love quotes. So I always like to end by asking my, guests for a quote. It doesn't have to be a favorite one of all time, but it can. It could be just a current mm-hmm. one or something on your mind. Could you share mm-hmm. a quote with us to send everyone on their way today?
0: My main KPI uh, for life is a happiness. <laughs> I like That's that. It.
1: KPI for life is happiness. Yep. Guys, KPI for any of you who don't know, key performance indicator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> so
1: in corporate, it says like key performance an indicator, is this thing working or not? And George is telling us, if you're happy, it's working. Not happy, yeah. not working. Yeah. Really simple. Binary. A, B. <laughs> happy, not happy. <laughs> yeah. That's all we gotta do. I love yeah. it. George, thank you so much for joining me. This has been amazing. You are so cool. And thank you for explaining this all to us and breaking it down so none of us, you know, go and remortgage our house to get cryptocurrency. This is very, very helpful.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with S.D. Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?